It's the Big Baseball Podcast with Kyle and Drew Charters. Big Ten baseball and non-conference games are back with cold weather in the Midwest forcing teams south for the first time since 2020. I'm Kyle Charters, local Hall of Fame T-ball coach Drew Charters here as well. That's right. For the Big Baseball Podcast. A little uh, side note here before we get into the actual baseball I have not, this is a rarity, I have not seen you in person for more than a month. You have basically been quarantined into your house for the last several weeks, and before that, you had a home show, and so you're re-emerging these last couple of days into the public once again. Yeah, do you like my beard? Have you not shaved in a month? I have not shaved in a long time. I feel like if I'm going to be quarantined at home, then... I might as well look and act like a homeless person for a couple weeks, and that, so that's what I've been doing. I cleaned it up. That makes no sense. If you're quarantined at home, you can't look homeless. You're literally inside your home. Yeah, I mean, but you have to do your part to to, to be as homeless as possible because you just feel like a homeless person. You just feel so. You are trapped. you are reemerging into the public life. I'm free, and you're celebrating by tonight going to a. JoJo Siwa concert. Yeah, is that not what people do? First of all, I I barely know who that is. Oh, you have a lot to learn. You have a daughter now, (laughs) and here in a few years, you're going to know very well who JoJo Siwa is. If you are a dad-daughter out there, and uh, uh, you do not know who JoJo Siwa is yet, uh, I applaud you. Please try to stay away. so this because is a, before you know it, you're going to have to uh, surprise your kids with a uh, concert, and I, it's going to be miserable. I thought that you perhaps got out of this whole thing because the originally scheduled concert was during your quarantine. Yes. And so I thought maybe you had escaped uh, having to do this, but you, you rescheduled. I thought so, too. Roller coasters of emotions while yeah, you're on quarantine. You're, you know, you were, uh, you had ups, ups and downs there. You think you're out of some stuff, and uh, it just comes back to... <laughs> Comes yeah, back to hit you as soon as you're to, out. To bite you. To, to punch, you the, punch you in the face. Um, yeah. Speaking of being out of quarantine, the Big Ten. That's, the season kind of snuck up on me here. I'm, you know, sitting at home being a dope for a couple weeks. <laughs> and all of a sudden, baseball's back, which yeah. is exciting. Might be the only baseball uh, the NCAA show in town here. Hopefully not. But yeah. uh, could be here uh, in the short term, at least. And the Big Ten playing non-conference games. So it'll get underway at the same time. As everyone else, um, so it you know it'll bring some some normalcy back uh, to the conference. Uh, we'll talk to uh, D one baseball's Burke Granger a little bit about that and much more on the podcast today. But it does feel more normal. It's nice uh, first time since 2020 where we've all been heading to warm places to to watch a little bit of baseball. We got started late last year and then played just Big Ten games. I think it'll be interesting to see how the Big Ten stacks up now against some other good Southern or, you know, neutral site, at least, uh, competition here over these first couple of weekends. Yeah, I mean, you can say on one hand you're back to some normalcy, but you can say on the other hand that it is still kind of weird because it was hard. it's a hard season to prep for. There are a lot of newcomers. You know, the the Major League Baseball drafts were shortened. Mm-hmm. So some guys were sticking around, some guys were given some extra years, and now all of a sudden they're gone, and it's like a barrage of guys just left. And yeah. you've got a lot of transfers coming into the Big Ten. You've got a lot of freshmen coming in, a lot of JUCO guys. 
And there's a lot of unknown with some of these teams who lost a lot of veterans and are bringing in a lot of new bodies to try to build something here. Yeah, there's probably what? There's probably more than this, but of high-profile guys who stuck around after 2020, probably at least a, a dozen guys. Yeah. I mean, and many more than that that filled out rosters because of the reasons you mentioned, because they didn't get a play their you know, last year of college baseball, but also the draft was shortened. You know, you just want to come back and, and get another opportunity, another opportunity for yourself to play baseball, another opportunity in front of scouts. And so, you know, teams were a little bit loaded up last year. And then, you know, all those guys are gone. Then the transfer portal as well. There are three teams, I think the number is, Drew, that are in the Big Ten that will have to completely replace their rotations. And, you know, maybe that has happened in the past, it just feels that in combination with a bunch of other teams that are replacing, you know, two of the three, it just feels pretty significant. So, as you said, it does make it hard to, you know, handicap because you're you're relying on, you know, looking at guys and sort of where they rank and uh, where D1 Baseball and Baseball America and others, you know, rank newcomers and, and all of that. But you haven't seen a lot of these guys firsthand. So it's uh, it's difficult. We, we think Nebraska's going to be good. We you know, think Michigan's going to be good because Michigan is always a certain level of good. Um, but then, you know, you, you wonder about Ohio State and replacing its rotation. You wonder about uh, Rutgers and, and, and you know, replacing its talent. You wonder um, a little bit about Maryland. And, you know, you, th- you think the Terrapins have a lot coming back, but they struggled at the beginning of last year. So there's, you know, you just, you just go through question after question about a lot of these teams. Yeah, I think that's the, the the constant here is, you know, the teams in the Big Ten that have always been towards the front of the Big Ten are going to be at the front of the Big Ten. You know, yeah. I feel pretty good about Nebraska. You feel pretty good about Michigan with, you know, they're a team that their pitching staff is coming back mm-hmm. with Cam Weston there and, and uh, Jacob Dinner back, um, yep. you know, with a with, with some offense still there and, and, and some transfers coming in for them as well, but you know, you feel pretty good about Maryland, I think. We've talked about their slow start. Um, you know, you just mentioned their slow start last year. They open up at Baylor. You know, not an easy task. I don't think Baylor's not ranked right now. But, you know, Baylor's a southern team who's yeah, always who's Baylor. always in there. It's Baylor. Uh, you know, so can Maryland, you know, get a good start? They've certainly got the tools to do it. Maxwell Costas is back. Mm-hmm. Chris Aline's still here. Matt Shaw. So they've got a good nucleus of offense, yeah. along with some pitching and Nick Dean, who, uh, you know, we'll talk to Burke Granger from D1 Baseball later, and they picked Nick Dean as the Big Ten Pitcher of the Year uh, this year. Jason Savakul was in the rotation last year. So Maryland's a, a team that, you know, sort of broke out last year mm-hmm. and uh, had a great season, slow start, but great season. We'll see if they can if they can pick it up right where they left off and sort of put everything together and, and make a run at something. Nebraska is always the team that we have felt like has had a lot of depth. It, it certainly did last year, and that's a reason why uh, Will Bolt's squad was able to to win a Big Ten title. Um, you know, it's lost some of that depth, but, man, it still has uh, a lot of guys returning. Max Anderson, uh, who a lot of people, including D1 Baseball, pick as uh, the player of the year. He's Big Ten freshman of the year last year. guy that we talked about last year we saw in that first series against Purdue, and we're like, oh, hello. Uh, yeah. You know? There's that guy because he's pretty good. Shea Shanneman, who was the Sunday starter last year, will move up and probably be the the Friday guy. He at times was, you know, really their their best. I mean, he he had a great upside. 
Did, did we have a nickname for him last year, Shade? Not a transfer? Yeah, because we kept calling him a transfer at the beginning of the season. And yeah, he why were we doing that? I don't know. There's so many guys who are transfer. transfers, and we just kept screwing up. I think the nickname up. should stick. Shay, not a transfer, Shannon. He's not a transfer. <laughs> it's a true statement. It's a, That's the, a great the nickname. It's one fits of the, the nickname fits the bill. One of the greatest nicknames <laughs> in the history of sports. I mean, he's got a. He probably puts that on the inside of his hat. Uh, so the Cornhuskers are are pretty good once again. I think we'll see if they have that same kind of depth. But certainly, it feels like that's a team that should be at the top of the Big Ten. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, Max Anderson and Bryce Matthews, the um, who's going to move over from second to shortstop, mm-hmm. they're going to be fun to watch on the left side of that infield, yeah. and and certainly, you know, going to be, uh, you know, put them at the top of the Big Ten, mm-hmm. Big Ten all season, um, like they have been. Will Bolt's done a great job over there. Yeah, you know, the teams that you know you think about, you know, transition to the teams that are at least in the recent past have been pretty good at the Big Ten, and you just have a lot of question marks. You've got question marks about Indiana. You've got question marks with Indiana losing their entire pitching rotation. You've got question marks about Ohio State. Well, with you know, Indiana, with Indiana quickly, like, they lost a ton. Yeah. Like, without... Big Ten you know, Player of the Year, Grant Richardson. Yeah, I mean, it's All hard. three of their pitchers. Yeah. I mean, a bunch of the, you know, the back-end guys, a ton of the lineup. So and but I mean they they you know they worked well in the transfer portal have some newcomers they could still compete but yeah I mean you you know listen off I mean Rutgers uh, Chris Brito is back you have to I, I you know I I liked Rutgers last year and Rutgers who did they who did they sweep last didn't they sweep somebody last year and then just fell off yeah they the they, the edge of you kind of thought they were going to be able world. to make a run. Yeah, and, you know, all of a sudden Rutgers had fallen apart. And, you know, you like the pieces there for the Scarlet Knights, uh, including Brito, uh, who just had a just an awesome uh, season offensively last year and moved over to, to third base where he'll play again. But it's a new weekend rotation. They're one of those teams that you're going to see a lot of newcomers. Um, you know, Iowa is a team, uh, I, I think, yeah. that uh, – you know, you've got to keep an eye on. I liked the Hawkeyes last year, and uh, Iowa had a good year, but they've got a, a lot of newcomers again this year. Um, you know, Trent Wallace is gone, uh, the top of the rotation and the, the Big Ten Pitcher of the Year, and so you're going to have a couple of new guys on Friday and Saturday uh, for the Hawkeyes. Yeah, I mean, I think Iowa's a team that you look at on paper and you're like, okay, they have all the pieces. You know, we haven't seen these guys, but they they are – you know, highly touted, uh, you know, transfer from South Dakota State, Adam Mazur mm-hmm. will be in the rotation. Another transfer from Butler, Connor Schultz, uh, you know, is is in line to to possibly be in the weekend rotation. They've got a highly touted freshman coming in and Marcus Morgan, who's a right-handed pitcher. Uh, on the offensive end, you know, they've still got Peyton Williams. They've still got Isaiah Fillard. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cam Bowman is, is – Bowman? Bowman? Is still a pitcher that that you know has a lot of experience. Dylan Nedved still mm-hmm. there. He's been great. Yeah. Uh, so Iowa's a team a you look at a huge freshman class yeah. coming in. Some newcomers on the pitching mound, but you know it seems like on paper that they can put everything together here and maybe be one of those teams that can join those top three that we mentioned in uh, Nebraska, Michigan, and Maryland. Let's make some picks here. Who? Uh, I mean, there's some names. So there's enough returnees where you can feel like you know you can, you can put together some lists here of. Of guys with the what well, our, well, our season big bat and our season big arm, 
basically. Yeah. Um, you know, Max Anderson is going to get a lot of the headlines. He was really good for Nebraska last year. Will be a a year older. He looked like a complete player a year ago. I guess he'll look even even more complete. Maxwell Costas had such a weird season because of the injuries last year. I feel like in the, his first two seasons in Maryland, he he hit like twenty home runs combined yeah. and uh, hit what was it one last year, one or two last year for Maryland. You would hope that he stays healthy and then returns to form. You know, who else offensively do you like? Uh, I mean, you've got Zach DeZinzo from Ohio State, who's a veteran. You know, you, you go down, you know, some rosters here, and you're basically just picking picking guys who are who are veterans who have been around for a while because you feel like they're the guys that can mm-hmm. sort of take the next step up. Um, Jimmy Obertop for Michigan, you know, has been around forever, and he'll switch to catcher yeah. uh, for the Wolverines this season. But offensively, um, you know, he's been a great player for the Wolverines. Peyton Williams, I mentioned just a minute ago for Iowa, you know, has been around. These are all guys who, uh, you know, have the tools to, to become right. one of the best players in the Big Ten. It's just which one, you know, is going to step up and, and uh, you know, provide for their team and be that guy. I'm taking the easy pick for Big Bat season preview. Max Anderson? Yeah. Easy way out? Easy way out. I always he's take good. the easy way out. He's good. He's good. Who do you got? Um, I'm going to go uh, Jimmy Obertop uh, from That's Michigan. Um, hit 275 last year, 11 home runs, 34 RBIs. You know, mm-hmm. a veteran. I like veterans this year. Uh, and th- this is not intentional, but for my pitcher of the year, I also took a Wolverine. I sort of um, had Michigan sweep the uh, sweep my awards here. Uh, but I think Cam Weston is going to take it for a Big Ten pitcher of the year. Uh, you know, low ERA last year. Uh, again, He's a veteran in this league yeah. where you've got, especially in the pitching mound, you've got a lot of newcomers coming in, and he's he's a guy that's been there for Michigan, and I think he'll be there again this year as the ace. Nick Dean, Maryland, you mentioned Weston, uh, not a transfer, Shanneman, Mazur, <laughs> who you talked about a little bit earlier. Man, you're going to see a lot of a lot of newcomers. Um you know, Wyatt Wendell at, at Purdue is a guy who comes in and, and might be at the top of that rotation. Uh, Turk's son, uh, you know, who who comes in with some good stuff. You just don't know, right? I mean, that's the you don't, it's hard to sit here and say, uh, you know, that, that he deserves to be mentioned with all those other guys. He might, but you just don't know. Jackson Smeltz, too, another guy we follow Purdue closely. He'll be in that starting rotation where he sort of bounced around with success uh, last year being in the bullpen and, and being a starter, big left-hander who could really throw it hard. So, you know, I, I don't know, again, that he deserves to be listed among those guys, but uh, but certainly a, a player to watch. Um, you yeah. know, I, I, I don't know who I go with here. I, I, I don't like to just pick the, 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 uh, the same guys that, that some others have. But, man, Nick Dean, I think, you know, comes in with some pretty good credentials for Maryland. Is going to move to the top of that rotation. And, Drew, he's going to have some run production behind him, you would have right. to imagine, with that Terrapin offense. So, you know, he's going to be a good matchup, I think, for Maryland. Sort of a grinder. A guy's going to go out there and throw a lot of innings. Um, I guess I'll go with him as my pick. I think it is worth mentioning some – Guys out of the bullpen here that could that could have huge seasons and possibly be in contention for Big Ten Pitcher of the Year. You know, specifically with the closer position, you've got three that are coming back into the Big Ten who have experience. T.J. Brock being one of those who could be 
you know, one of the best closers in the nation for Ohio State. You've got Mason Malott for Penn State, uh, who has been in that role for what seems like 10 years for the Nittany Lions. <laughs> and then uh, I just mentioned as well for Iowa, uh, Dylan Nedved, who who's coming back as their closer and has been solid. So, you know, who knows? Maybe one of those three or somebody else can step up uh, out of the bullpen and just have a great season. Our weekend rotation coming up uh, here in just a moment. The three things that we are looking at going into the weekends. First, though, let's uh, let's hit our conversation with D1 Baseball's Burt Granger. That's coming up next on the Big Baseball Podcast. Podcast Kyle Charters and happy to bring in Burke Granger, the Midwest analyst for D1Baseball.com. Burke, always uh, a pleasure catching up with you, especially at this time of year. There is snow on the ground across much of the Midwest, but we will be playing baseball and we'll be playing baseball out of conference down there in the south where it's nice and warm. Uh, it is it is nice, right, to get back to a little bit of, of normalcy here this year. Absolutely, and, and thanks for having me on. I, the, the reintroduction of the non-conference games in the Big Ten is probably the thing I'm looking forward to most yeah. this season. Um, on opening weekend, especially, so I'm located in Columbus, Ohio, and it's 19 degrees <laughs> this morning as I walk my kid to the bus stop. But, yeah, the this weekend, I'll be going down to Clemson, South Carolina, as as they host the Indiana Hoosiers for a three-game set there. So right. that's a really fun non-conference schedule. And there's a few of them going on ac- across the country involving Big Ten teams. So not only will I be enjoying being at a ballpark in, you know, balmy 50-degree weather, it'll feel warm, um, I'm, gonna, I'm really looking forward to just – once I get back to the hotel, checking out all the Big Ten action uh, around the country on opening weekend. Yeah, I'll be in warmer weather as well down there in Texas to watch uh, Purdue and South Dakota State. So uh, it will be nice to escape uh, the chilly weather and for me personally to be back on the road rather than calling games from inside my own home gym, <laughs> which I did all of last year, which was which was not very much fun. You know, a, a lot of people thought i don't know if it was doomsday predictions but at least there was some speculation that what the big 10 did last year uh maybe would not be the death of the conference but would severely hurt the conference uh maybe in the short term and, and perhaps in the in the long term do you see any of that or is it is it hard to tell how last year affected the big 10 or do you feel like it just you know it just didn't affect the big 10 all that much I, I do think there was a little bit of an impact. When you look at a team like Nebraska in the season that they had, maybe they could have bolstered their resume and hosted. I think they probably had an argument to host anyway, which would have avoided them running into to one of the hotter teams in the country in, in super regionals. Yeah. Um, and and the, potentially they could have got to Omaha, right? So so when I when I look at things like that, I wonder – um, how that impacted last season, but they still they still had three teams make it to a regional. I think in a normal year you'd like to see maybe maybe four teams go, but uh, and then and then certain teams like I don't think Michigan didn't play exceptionally well in, in their regional, and that might have had something to do with it not having kind of a normal season for them. So I do think you can kind of 
galvanize a team by maybe taking some lumps. These cold water teams, uh, cold weather teams, getting down down south in the early weeks of the season and kind of uh, trial by fire early in the season. That helps when you get to the conference portion of the schedule, and they didn't have that last year. So I do think it can only help these teams get better. Even if even if they're taking early season losses to these warmer weather climate teams, I was reading through uh, some of the previews at D1Baseball.com uh, last night again, and just to give myself a little bit of a of a refresher, of course, people should go and subscribe if you're a, a Big Ten baseball fan. Uh, the one thing that you take away right is that there's a heavy amount of turnover on on Big Ten teams, and probably uh, some of that is. That a lot of guys stuck around for the 2021 season that might have been gone had the 2020 season not been canceled the way that it was. The transfer portal probably gets mixed in there as well as some guys depart and other guys arrive. But man, you do get a feeling that uh, that there's a ton of newcomers, and that makes it a little bit hard to figure mm-hmm. out who is who among Big Ten teams. Yeah, and, and you touched on. I think we're still feeling that ripple effect from the 2020 COVID year that got. You know, cut short after four weeks, and then the draft gets shortened from forty to rounds to five rounds, and that means a ton of a ton of Big Ten players that would have got drafted that year remained on campus, and then they got drafted last year. Um, three three Big Ten teams had their whole rotations drafted, and Ohio State, Indiana, and Penn State. Um, and then you combine that with all right, you had no midweek games to break in these younger, right. untested players. To, to a man, every coach that I talked to in the fall and over the winter said, this is the most talent on the pitching staff, the, the depth, the most depth we've had on the pitching staff in my tenure here, mm-hmm. right? But they're not battle-tested. And I have no reason to think these coaches are lying to me, but I think it's when you look at a team like Indiana or Ohio State, when you have three – you're only playing three games a week and you have three guys who are going to get drafted in your rotation – they go five, six innings. You're talking about splitting up those the sixth, seventh, and maybe eighth before you hand it off to an established uh, reliever. Um, so there's not there's not a ton of experience of, of guys who have been able to kind of cut their teeth playing against non conference opponents or midweek opponents. So a ton of new faces in the rotation. It's going to be interesting to see how these contenders are going to uh, break in these young, talented but untested arms, and then. You combine that with the transfer portal, like a team like Indiana, for instance, lost. They lost their whole rotation, like I mentioned, and they lost seven of nine position players. But <laughs> they brought in they brought in transfers in the rotation, transfers up the middle on defense. Where yeah. I look at this team and I'm like, I really like the roster. I ultimately, um, myself and Patrick Eber, the guy who I split Big Ten coverage with, we we listed them as, as fifth, just on the outside of the regional bubble, looking in. Um, which, which is a testament to the, the talent that they have on the roster because when you lose seven of nine position players in all three rotation and your, your star closer, it's difficult to objectively right. say, we, this is a team we think is going to make the regionals, but they just have so much talent on, on the, in the lineup that I'm, I'm kind of banking on them gelling early right. in the season with these, these challenging non-conference uh, series. Yeah, when we, we when we used to make predictions, we would look at who's back, and then mm-hmm. the, the two or three freshmen who are coming in, and and maybe a 
a JC transfer and then be able to, to make some determinations on who should go where, 1 through 13 in the Big Ten. It, it, it's tremendously more difficult now. I mean, you mentioned Indiana. You look at a team that we follow closely, of course, in, in Purdue, and, uh, you know, it's, it's difficult right. to, to sort of figure out what Purdue is going to be this year, what Indiana is going to be. Even some of the teams that, that you guys put in, you know, your top four that you have as projected regional teams, Nebraska, Maryland, Michigan, Iowa, there's not a single one of those four that doesn't have a pretty major question mark coming in to the season. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe that, maybe those questions have already been answered, but but from an outside, you know, looking in, each one of those squads has uh, a pretty big question that, uh, you know, maybe we'll see an answer to, maybe we won't. Right. I mean, e- even Nebraska, I think Nebraska could have, to your point, there are no there are no Big Ten teams in the in our top twenty five this year, and yeah. it's because even though we feel like Nebraska is the clear favorite heading into the season with what they did last year and kind of what they're bringing back, they still have question marks. But they lost the Big Ten Player of the Year and Spencer Schwellenbeck, and their top two uh, their top two weekend guys. So it's when you when you look. To your point, at these these top four teams, there's none that I can say. You know, Maryland lost Sean Berg. Yeah. Michigan lost their grad transfers that they had last year, which were such a big part of their team defensively, and now they have to move some pieces around. Iowa lost the Big Ten Pitcher of the Year. Every every one of these teams has has an area that they need to fill, mm-hmm. and which, which is why there, there's no Big Ten team in the top 25. But I think we're going to see one of these teams, one or more of these teams, emerge. Um, by the time we hit the conference schedule, we're going to have the conference portion of the schedule. I think we'll have a better idea of who these big dogs are. Yeah. Um, Michigan in particular, Michigan plays such a, a challenging non-conference schedule this year. Like they opened the season at Globe Life with, with some, uh, pack, some big 12 teams. They, they go to Louisville this year. They host Cal State Fullerton. They're not, they're not messing around. So by the time we hit the big 10 portion of the schedule, they might be a 500 team, but we might see, oh, they're ready and they're going to to to, to punish some of these maybe bottom four or five teams in the Big Ten um, once they get re- and they open up with Nebraska in the conference schedule. So that's wow. one that I'm going to yeah. be um, kind of eyeing in particular. Yeah, the Cornhuskers as as the league favorite. I, I think you know I agree with you there. Um, they've had a lot of depth the last few seasons. I mean, probably more depth than anybody else. In the Big Ten, I think we'll see that show up a little bit this year, right? Some of the guys who have been maybe part-time-ish players move into uh, bigger roles. Uh, a guy like Cam Chick, for instance, who you mm-hmm. know has played a little bit of everywhere. And it helps, too, that they do have, even though they lose the top two starters in the rotation, Shea Shanneman, who at times was really their best starter, even though he was on Sundays last year, moves up probably into that number one role. You know, they've still got some weapons, even though they lost some guys. Yeah, and they're super excited about their freshman class, too. Yeah. Um, Josh Karen is a guy they have slated to come in and, and be their everyday DH and apparently just showed tremendous power in the fall. Uh, Core Jackson is, a, is kind of that quick-twitch athlete who they expect to be their everyday second baseman. He, he's a true freshman, so... When you combine that with the, the core of, of offensive returnees, that they have. And then to your point, uh, Shea Shannon could have been a Friday guy on, on mm-hmm. a lot of big 10 teams last year. 
So I always take solace in the fact when the teams can bring back that Sunday guy who has 14, 15 starts and 100 innings under his belt yeah. that he can handle the rigors of, of taking the ball on Friday night. Seems like we should mention Max Anderson because he's good. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's... Our, our, our pick, our, our, our prediction for Big Ten uh, player of the year, the reigning yeah. Big Ten freshman of the year, uh, just a, a, a big-bodied physical third baseman with feel for the barrel, um, one of the best true hitters in the Big Ten as a freshman last year. And then their, their second baseman from last year, who was also a freshman, Bryce Matthews, will slide over into shortstop, um, giving them a really, really good dynamic left side of the infield, um, one of the best in the conference for sure. You know, at this time a year ago, we felt like Maryland was a very intriguing team, and then the Terps got off to a slow start. Now they, they rallied a little bit late in the year. But you have the same feeling about uh, Rob Vaughn's team again this year because of the mix that it has. It has a couple of starters back in, in Nick Dean, Jason Savakul, who were pretty good last year. Um, and then that offense, you know, if it gets hot, it can be – one of the best, if not the best, in the Big Ten. It, again, is an intriguing team that you just feel like has to get off to a, a little bit of a better start than what it did a year ago. Yeah, and they, they, they really stumbled out of the gate. Um, they, they obviously lost Sean Burke as their Friday guy, but you're able to slide in. Nick Dean and Jason Savickle bumped them up a day, and then they had a really good reliever last year, and, and Ryan Ramsey, who – Put up ridiculous numbers, like a five and zero record, one point six seven ERA. He's gonna he's gonna transition into the rotation. Um, he he works kind of in the low nineties, and you you hope that that can translate over multiple innings. Um, has really made strides with the off speed stuff over over the recent months, which is what gave that coaching staff the confidence that he can make that transition into the rotation. Um, and then. On offense, a guy like Chris Aline, their, their center fielder, their mm -hmm. captain, he's, he's a really dynamic player, uh, both on offense and defense. Um, he's a switch hitter. He can steal a lot of bases. Um, really set the table for these guys like Matt Shaw to drive them in later. Bobby's a, Bobby's a mayor lock, mm -hmm. um, who, who was a draft guy at a high school and has spent time DHing, and now he's going to transition into being like their everyday left fielder. Look for him to make a big jump this year as well. Yeah. So of all those other teams, maybe the ones that we have not mentioned as much, uh, you know, Rutgers, I think Rutgers is worth watching a little bit. Indiana, mm -hmm. um, you know, you have Iowa, I think, in your, in your regional. You know, they haven't got a lot of pieces back, but a lot of important pieces to replace. And who else would we put in there? Uh, you know, just those other teams uh, to watch that maybe are on the outside of the regional looking in as we start the season, who do you have some expectations for that might be able to, uh, to sneak in there? I'm, I'm really interested in, in Ohio state and yeah. they're, they're ones that we have kind of on the back end of our watch teams because they, they lost quite a bit. Like I, I mentioned, they lost their whole rotation. Um, they have a really good bullpen, which is headlined by, by TJ Brock, who is their closer who can run it up to a hundred miles per hour. Um, He's a pretty high energy guy, not someone that they they could people here, well, they got they got one of the best closers in the Big Ten and they lost their whole rotation. Why don't they just move him to the rotation? When you watch him pitch, he's a very high effort, high energy guy. Not not something that I wouldn't expect him to be able to hold that dynamic stuff through four to five innings. And that, and that's yeah. fine. Um 
they have another guy in the back end, Ethan Hammerberg, who who just made huge strides year over year. Pitched really well in the Northwoods League. I saw him uh, in the fall, like up 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 in the mid nineties, with a really a swing and miss lighter. Um, and in the rotation, they got they they do have, despite having their guys who were drafted last year. Griffin Smith is a guy who was their Sunday guy two years ago. Actually, right. led that team in innings that included Garrett Burhan and Seth Lonsway. So he battled some injuries, but if he's healthy, he's a guy who could. He could run out there on Friday nights. He might not have that front line Friday night stuff, but he's going to give you, he's going to compete and keep you in the game because they did return quite a bit on offense, including Cade Kern is a really dynamic sophomore. He, he, he's a potential Big Ten player of the year candidate in my mind. And if he had a, a, a stronger um, supporting cast around him, I might have picked him as such. But Zach Dezenzo, their shortstop, is mm-hmm. as, as physical a shortstop as you'll see, 6'4", 220, and can really drive the ball out of the ballpark to any part of the field. Um, so when, when you combine those two offensive guys with you know their, their starters, Isaiah Copet is, is a lefty who struck out a bunch of guys in relief last year. He's going to switch to the rotation. Will Fenning has been a swingman type who's going to start. If, those, if they can click in the rotation and their, their offensive attorneys make a step you know, take a jump forward like they should, they could be a team that that we're perhaps low on that could compete for a regional spot this year. Northwestern has a new coach in Josh Reynolds, a guy who comes uh, into Evanston with a little bit of a pitching background. What do you think about the job that he'll be able to do for the Wildcats? So so they're another team that kind of lost. They were among the, lead, the, the leaders in the country in power hitting numbers last year Yeah, uh, and lost a few of those big guys, but – I, I think um, we're optimistic about the direction they're going in, uh, but I think they, they might take some struggles. They might have some struggles offensively with what they lost in, right. in such a dynamic offense that they had last year. Yeah. Well, hey, uh, Burke, I appreciate the time. As always, uh, have fun down there at Clemson this weekend. That should be uh, just an outstanding series. You'll get to see uh, Indiana and that, that retooled Hoosier team. It's got so many new faces. Uh, should be an interesting season, and we'll look forward to uh, to talking to you again. Thank you so much for having me on, Kyle. All right, that's Burt Granger with uh, D1Baseball.com. Let's take a break. We'll come back with the weekend rotation that's next. This is the Big Baseball Podcast. All right, let's hit the weekend rotation, the items that we are looking at this weekend as the Big Ten gets underway. Uh, Topic number one, our Friday starter, if you will. Uh, Speaking of starters, Drew, four teams replace their entire rotations this year. Uh, Who are those teams and who's best equipped to sort of fix those issues, fill the void? Yeah. Uh, Indiana loses Beerman Summer and Cade McBrown, Ohio State. You know, we know the names there that, that they lost because they've been around mm-hmm. forever. Rutgers lost all three of their weekend rotation guys, and and so did Penn State. I think you're looking at two teams who are best equipped there to, you know, replenish, mm-hmm. if that's a if that's a good word for it. Uh, Indiana and Ohio State. You know, Indiana's got um, Madungo, who was 3-1 and one last year, a 2.09 ERA, didn't allow a run in 10 of his 16 appearances for Indiana. Not bad. Uh, so he'll be back in that lineup, and, and, and I think uh, they can build off him. Mm-hmm. Uh, for Ohio State, uh, you know, they lose 
you know, Burhan and Lonsway, but you've still got Griffin Smith, who Griffin yeah. Smith was a solid starter for them in 2019 into the, the canceled season. He right. got bumped out, but he'll be back now, and he's a veteran, a captain for uh, the Buckeyes. Um, so I think those two teams, you know, you'll look at to, to quickly rebuild the uh, pitching staff. A team we haven't mentioned a whole lot, uh, Minnesota. Man, the Gophers were not very good last year. Is there any hope for John Anderson's squad that they can? I mean, I, you're not going to make a huge leap from where they were last year to, you know, top three or something in the Big Ten, where his teams traditionally have been. But, man, you'd really like to see a program like that that has had so much success over the years really be a factor again in the Big Ten. And it, it just wasn't last year. Yeah, you kind of want to see John Anderson go out with something, right? He's yeah. been there forever, and you thought maybe that he like was going to step out last year, but I think he just run. runs one more, one more run. And can yeah. it be next year? I, I, I don't know. I, the good thing about the Golden Gophers is they return just about everyone from last year. The bad thing is they were bad last year, right? So, <laughs> so can the guys yeah. who can return? Can they throw a few transfers in there can, to help them out? JP Massey has high, high talent. He hasn't really shown it yet as a yeah. collegiate player. Can he take a step forward? Sam Ireland is still there, and he's got experience. They got a transfer from Illinois, which is you know kind of odd, uh, mm-hmm. but this is the era of that these days. Aiden Maldonado uh, will play for the Minnesota oh, now. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they've got some. He was pieces. he's a top prospect too that, yeah. that hasn't really yeah. uh, developed into the player that that a lot of people thought he would be. Yeah, so I think they've got you know some guys who have experience in the Big Ten. It's the question is is the talent there to sort of make a run at something, right? And topic number three, as it always is, what are we watching this weekend? I literally will be in Sugarland, Texas to watch Purdue and South Dakota State. They should name a band after that town. <sighs> Bad. Bad. I don't know how we recover from that. <laughs> Constellation Park, home of the space. I think they're called the Space Cowboys now. Is that right? They changed the name. I have no idea. be the Skeeters. Really? Where do you get this information? I've The internet. Huh? It's a new thing. Um... <laughs> There's some other really good series. Uh, Indiana and Clemson. Burke said he was going to be down there for that series. That'll be a good one. Michigan is playing in Arlington, an event down there. Texas Tech, Kansas State, Oklahoma. The other teams, they will play all of those squads. That'll be a good one to watch the Wolverines. What else you got? I'm looking at Maryland at but- or, uh, uh, Maryland at uh, Baylor. Uh, you know, we've talked about Maryland's slow start last year. Can they get off to a quicker start this year? I think they're mm-hmm. going to have their... Uh, hands full with, with Baylor for three games to start the season, but uh, that's what I'm interested in. Can they sort of pick up where they left off last year and 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 go? That'll do it for the podcast for this week. Uh, thanks to Burke Granger, D1Baseball.com, for coming on the program. If you are a new listener, A, we do appreciate it. B, uh, we'll talk to a bunch of coaches during the season. Occasionally we'll get some players in there as well and some uh, some experts who follow Big Ten baseball, so we'll try to hit on all of those things. Drew and I will also talk about his T-ball coaching career. I'm sure we'll get an update on the JoJo Siwa concert that he is attending tonight. That will be exciting now that you are back with uh, back with the living out of your <laughs> being homeless in your house, which makes no sense. Uh, are you going to keep the beard the way it is? Are you going to? Get a haircut. Um, I mean, I you're know. looking a little. I know it's, it's worse than usual. I gotta get somebody professional to trim her up. Maybe I'll do that. that and, I think and, they have those people. I know. I gotta find there's, one. Uh, find one. There's literally one right down the street. Yeah. From I'll, here. 
I'm gonna work on that and <laughs> see how it looks. I because I, I seriously do look homeless right now, and I I don't want to look homeless. I I want to you know I'm a professional, right? <laughs> sure. <laughs> Just keep telling yourself that. All right. Uh, thanks again to Burke Granger. Thanks for listening as always for Drew Charters. I'm Kyle Charters. This is the Big Baseball Podcast. Yeah.